friends, it's Candice Kamai. Welcome to the Wabi Sabi podcast. This week's podcast is on the go. We are between LA and New York, shooting different shows, getting ready for different brand deals. And also, I wanted to introduce you to one of my best friends this week. You have heard her on the podcast before with our dear friend, Barry. I wanted to share with you my friend, Janelle Hamilton. This is episode number one. 113. So today's podcast, we're going to celebrate a little bit of Black History Month and also preparing you for Women's Month in March. My friend Janelle Hamilton has helped me through everything from working the door at my book parties, coming to support me at several different events, being a great hype girl, but also being there in times of sorrow, in times of multiple breakups with different men. Here we go, the juiciness. And also, you know, she's been married. She's had a divorce. She has a beautiful daughter. She worked as a single mom for years. A lot of times on the Wabi Sabi podcast, we're talking about these great things and fabulous things. And maybe you do that with your girlfriends too. Sometimes it's good to talk about the darkness together. It's good to support each other. It's great to say, we made it together. We are in this together. We are going to do it. And that's what Janelle was for me. We met in New York over about 12 years ago, I would say, maybe 13. And we stayed friends ever since. She is Jamaican. She is Chinese. She is British. She has so many different mixes in the back of her heritage. But most impressively, I think, has been her composure and her poise and her grace. You know, friends can always vent to each other about their ups and downs. But sometimes we also really just need for someone to listen and to hold a safe place for us. Janelle does represent some fabulous clients like Bob Mackie, who does all of Cher's wardrobe, or Partake Cookies, where one of the investors was Mr. Jay-Z, Sean Carter. We also have gone through about five different book launches together of mine. And as we embark on number seven coming up soon, I'm so thrilled and excited to share with you one of my most beautiful friends, Janelle Hamilton. And don't forget to subscribe now. Give us that five-star juicy review and share this one with a friend. It's Black History Month and it's important to support women of color every day of the year because guess what? They have a much harder time making it and they also have a ladder that they've got to get up to and we are here to hear them, to support them, and to hear their point of view. Thank you to Janelle and enjoy this episode, friends. Love you so much. My friend Janelle Hamilton is our guest today. We have known each other since roughly 2010 in New York. That's right. Here we go. We met in New York City through mutual friends. That's true. And we have gone through the gauntlet together. So we thought it was really important to sit together as friends and businesswomen and almost like a power couple and share with you our ups and our downs, like Hurricane Sandy. Oh, was that big? The cruise ship. And um, what else? Projects we work together on. Oh my God. Supporting each other as friends. Many different things. This is strange for me, FYI, because I'm a publicist, so I'm used to being behind the scenes and clients doing this, so this is weird. 
but I'm doing it for you. You'll do it for a girlfriend. Yeah, and we love you for that, Janelle. Well, first and foremost, we'd love to learn a little bit about Janelle Hamilton, who runs JHPR in L.A., New York, London. She has clients like Bob Mackie and your favorite cookies. Partake. Partake, which Jay-Z, I believe, is an investor in. an investor. You're kind of mean. (laughs) And also, our friendship has spanned for almost 12 years now, so we've seen each other through the gray area of our careers if we're not still there already and it's kind of for me honestly it's gotten a lot harder because i think that in new york you and i like kind of owned our categories there yeah and it was a lot easier and so once i moved here it was really i didn't even feel like i fit in it was very strange for you yes it's same for you as well. But I feel like for both of us, the trajectory of our careers has been kind of similar. And I feel like we did everything that we could do or needed to do in New York. And we needed like another challenge, like a second chapter. So the next, you know, place that made sense was coming to the West Coast. And it's just, I feel like we're thriving here. Well, maybe this is a good thing because we said... When we were done in New York, after doing 10 years plus there, we knew that it was time. So maybe this podcast is for you today if you're struggling and you feel stuck and you need to know what your next chapter is in life. So Janelle's going to explain a little bit about her career path, like where she came from. Your background and heritage is really important to me. So I want you to share that as well. And then where you've gone from your career in PR to building your own PR empire while you were a single mom in New York City. Yeah, so as you can tell, I have an accent, so I'm originally from the UK. (laughs) That's where I started my career in PR, working in high fashion, really, really high profile fashion brands, luxury, doing all the fashion shows, dressing all the celebrities, going to Milan and Paris and all that fun stuff. And then I came to New York and I was like, oh my God, what is this place? I am obsessed. I need to move here. And obviously the epicenter for everything beauty is New York City. So I just started applying for jobs and I got like three job offers and I took my life savings and I moved to New York and that's how I ended up there. And I worked with different agencies. I did a stint at Estee Lauder for Tom Ford, Beauty, which was amazing. And then during that time, that's when my path crossed crossed, sorry, with Candace. Oh my God. I remember when we went to the Jim Kang fitting. Yeah. Remember? That was a kind of mine. And then I remember when we met at like a casual friend party. Yeah. Yeah. And we just connected straight away. And I was so impressed by her. I mean, obviously, she's so fun and so beautiful. And we just bonded right away. And again, we were at the same phase of our business in terms of like growing it. So we were kind of doing it parallel together. So we just connected on that level, I feel like, because we were trying to do the same thing at the same time. We did so much together, like everything. Everything. Yeah, just even personal and professional. And, you know, there were many times where I cried, like I didn't know if I was going to make rent. I think you even borrowed me like some money one time, which I will never forget. I I let Janelle borrow. I'm going to be homeless. I think it was like $800. Yeah, yeah. And I, I knew she would pay me back. Yeah, and I did straight away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to do that with my roommate too. It's I know. horrible. I know. But New York is tough. It's like, New York, I would say, is different to LA because the lifestyle is expensive in LA on West Coast. But New York is literally like, if you do not make rent, you're not going to survive. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Very you know, true. so it's a lot of pressure. But we got through it. We, we did. Yeah. And before I ever met you... Um, you were born and raised in London. Yes. And then when did you move to New York City? 
So I moved to New York in 2006. Okay. Yeah. So four years before me. Yeah. And then you um, started at a PR firm in New York. Mm -hmm. And what were your clients at that first PR? So that was mainly just beauty. So that's when I was transitioning into beauty. So like Chantecly Cosmetics. And we also did some stuff like Old Navy. And it was fun. Like it was what I needed like at the time. And how I even got to have my agency was my daughter was two at the time. And in PR, it's such a demanding profession. It's not nine to five. As you know, even in your profession, it's like you miss birthdays, you miss family events, like you come home late and it's hard. And I was like, look, I'm literally missing my daughter growing up, like all these vital milestones. And I was like, I need to do something. So I quit. And then I started freelancing. Mm -hmm. And I just literally, it's just grown from there. I've never pitched a client in my entire 12 years of having my company. Everything, I think it's energy, and energy as well. Like frequency, you attract what's meant to be for you, you know? And um, maybe I could be more savvy in terms of like being aggressive and putting, you know, out after new business. But for me, it's like, I've never been motivated by money. My definition of success is feeling free and being happy. And like, if I like open my email on a Monday morning and I see names that I love, I don't want to dread like someone emailing or calling me client-wise. Do you know what I mean? So for me, success is being happy, you know? And it just so happens that because I'm passionate about the career, which I do in PR, I've been able to get the money along with that too, you know? Um, but yeah, like I love what I do. And, you know, our paths have sort of crossed in between this 12 years of me building this company. Oh yes, in and so many ways. In so, so many yeah. ways. I mean, I just admire her as a businesswoman. Oh it's, my it's God, hard. no. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so sad that Robert isn't here today. We have so many friends in common now from all of these years together. After your stint with beauty, mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit about Lily and the personal side of life and yeah. what happened um, with the marriage. Yeah, so I was obviously, I moved to New York for love and work and um, that didn't work out like, with me and my ex-husband. And obviously we had a beautiful daughter together. So I feel like that was our reason for coming yes. together. Yes. And, you know, it's hard to juggle work and life in general, but with a child who's yeah. like dependent on you, that's an added pressure. Yes. And I felt like I was actually really social going out with you guys as friends. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So we used to have grandma flaked on me yeah. and we like Lamont and grandma. Yeah. Like they're very cool. Yeah, that was very supportive. super cool that they were so flexy with your lifestyle because mm -hmm. part of what both of us do as a host and writer and journalist and as a, a publicist, like, you have to be on the scene, you even if you're yeah. tired. Especially when you're building a company or a brand, like you yeah. need to be out there. But yeah, like it's, um, yeah, I had the support, you know, of my ex-husband and that was amazing. And I was able to build my company and hang out with friends and have like a balance of a life. But it was, it was challenging. It's like you go out and I've got to get up and get my daughter ready for school. So that that's hard. But, you know, when you have a reason to literally get up in the morning, like there is no excuse of I want to sleep. It's like, no, I have to feed my child. Like I need to get up and work today. Yeah. So in a way, it's like a blessing. Um, but when I moved to L.A., she's now 14, but I think she was 12 when we moved to L.A. And she, it's hard because I gave up that support. So obviously she's a little bit older now, so I can um, get a sitter or she can stay for a few hours by herself. But yeah, I gave up that support, the ability to travel. So that just finding, figuring that out now is a bit of a challenge, but it will work itself out. I yeah. trust in it. Remember um, when we started developing our friendship, <laughs> We threw book parties yes. um, for clean green drinks. Oh, I love this girl's books, by the way. 
Oh, the reason yeah. why I love your books is because the recipes are amazing and it's very clean. That's the way I eat. But the ingredients that you use in your book, it was the first recipe books that I found where you actually have the ingredients in your house. Like most recipes, I don't have like half of these exotic things, but these were like really easy for me to make because I felt like I had a lot of this stuff in the house Yeah, for all of your books. And you were a close friend through writing all of these. Janelle used to work the front door for me (laughs) at my book launch parties. So she was the door manager yeah. at the gym this. for this party, mm-hmm. which was in the middle of a monsoon. Yeah. Um, Janelle was on the show playing with fire with me on uh-huh. E, which is something we'll talk about today. Yeah. It's really difficult for both of us. And um, during this book launch, here we go, cookies so sexy, cheesy. <laughs> during this book launch, um, Janelle and I set up a party at Parlor. Yeah. And then we showed up, there was a full party going on and the Harlem Shake was blasting. And you and I were like, How um, we have a dinner party here in 20 minutes. And they seriously cleared out. They said they made it happen. But any place that you could throw a party at, we did. Mm-hmm. And we did it really well. Um, no budgets. Oh, not, no, no, no budget. budget. It still was fabulous, though. Oh, my God. Nobody no, would ever know. No, they would never know. We had, like, Henriot Champagne. Yeah. Charles Duval. <laughs> yeah. We had everyone thinking that we had both made it and that we were at the top of our game. Yeah. And I think it's because maybe we really were. And yeah. we, I, I wasn't drinking Kool-Aid. I know we had a je ne sais quoi together in New York that was so magical and it was, you know, Meredith and Molly and all of our close friends that were there to support. I think they know and and we know how far we've come since that time, but it didn't come without a lot of hardships. Yeah. And so hard work. During these book launches. My favorite book by the way. I still have it on my counter and I make the smoothies pretty much every single day. Like, I'm not joking. Like chocolatina, but I want to pick it the specific name of it, but that's the one I use a lot. Janelle told me that Clean Green Drinks is her game changer, life changer book. Yeah. And I wrote it when we were alongside each other in New York. And most people don't know that her and I got stranded together when Hurricane Sandy hit. Yeah. So, So we knew that the storm was happening. You know, they've never had a hurricane in New York City. So I lived in Tribeca and she lived in Wall Street and we knew the storm was coming, but we were like, oh, it's going to be a storm. It's not going to be major. <laughs> she was like, oh, my daughter was in New Jersey with her dad and her grandparents. So she was like, come and sleep over at my place. Little did we know it was like the worst hurricane ever to hit New York City. We woke up, no power. Like it was just the most traumatic experience. No gas, no, no Wi-Fi, gas. no power, no lights, no Wi-Fi, no service. Her building flooded. Yeah, completely flooded. So I couldn't even go back um, there. All of downtown from the other bottom half of Manhattan it was, completely black. was blacked out. Yeah. So if you looked at the actual island of Manhattan from above in an aerial shot, you would see the top portion was lit up. up. Yeah. The bottom portion was blacked out. And scary. It was, it was creepy. Scary. Yeah. And we walked 55 blocks to <laughs> yeah. Molly's house. And when we got there, we got into a huge fight. Because I wanted to get a hotel room. <laughs> and and Janelle thought I was abandoning her. Yeah. And then we slept on Molly's floor for like three nights. It wasn't just us. It was like Lily and Carly. Yeah. And I slept on the kitchen yeah. floor. 
I had a shoot, remember, with Anderson Cooper and Gail oh, King. Oh, yes, he did. The whole thing was just gone. Yeah, she was devastated because it was like a big opportunities for the media-wise, and yeah. obviously none of it was happening anymore. We were really sad. It was tragic, but... Yeah. The other times that we were together, we did the cruise for Rodale. Yeah, um, we went on a transatlantic. I mean, I had never been on a cruise, but it was like hardcore. It was transatlantic, like 12 days at sea. Like you are in the water, on, on the boat, in the, in the middle of the water, yeah. and you don't see anything. You don't even see birds, because like, where does a bird land? So it's like, stop. It was like very hardcore, but we did that together. It was Spain, Portugal. Italy. Italy. Rome. Italy, where we, like, randomly used to go out and just meet random people and hang out with them all night. Yeah, and the then and... the scooter, and we took photos, like, in front of the Eiffel Tower. And we made friends on that cruise. Yeah. We're still friends with. Yeah, we talked to several different people on yeah. that boat, and then on the way back, we hit a Category 2 storm. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this is how it feels to be at sea. But then we woke up, and they were like, no, it was an actual big storm. Yeah. It was like anything on your table or desk would slide one way and then the other. And I, I was with Janelle on that. I thought it was totally normal. <laughs> we got so, the boat and, you know, I didn't know on cruises, if everyone knows, that the Wi-Fi is ridiculous to use. You had to pay we to had, use the Wi-Fi. No, but if, when you come on your phone, it was like $600 bill because we were going on the internet. I didn't know it was so expensive. We had the six hundred. Even I think you even had a thousand. I'm sure. Now. I'm sure. And we were. You know what's so sad is we were there to work, yeah. and people take advantage of minority, marginalized voices yeah. and women all the time. Yeah. And that was one thing I think that I I wanted to talk about was how much harder we have to work than the typical old man at the top who's telling us what to do. That was very difficult in New York City. Yeah. While there were well, some you wonderful food with chefs and men who were like these rock star chefs at the time, to be a woman in that space is just that was tough. Not only that, Janelle, but to be like a you know, a cool, stylish, like edgy, different mm-hmm. kind of woman. Yeah. Like I cook Japanese food. And I tell the chef. Well, besides that, <laughs> that was like an old, old culinary school name. Yeah. Um, from from going from fit modeling to culinary school, yeah. like, it was just life for me. But when I moved to the city, I really wanted to be a food writer and a writer. So when we both moved to the city, we had these aspirations and dreams. I know I wanted to be a writer and an author and somebody that people respected. And that was, I think that was just really difficult during that time. Because even when I judged Iron Chef and beat Bobby Flay multiple times, it was unpaid. It was always the youngest minority female there. And I didn't always feel like I fit in. Like people were really welcoming and so sweet. But it was like after that, I wish they gave us more opportunities to grow with the network. And they didn't, you know. So I had to learn how to forge my own path. And then when you and I did cooking with fire, playing with fire together, I feel like. This was a a point where I was taught to be me while we were working with Men's Health. And then the female editor, like, tore me down on on camera. And you pointed out to me. I saw it happening straight away. I was like, that's not good. Like, this is not what women do. You're supposed to be supporting each other. And I was, like, so shocked to see that. Because that's just not in my nature. I don't think it's in most people's nature. Do you know what I mean? So to see this woman tearing down... 
while we were working together professionally, a colleague and a friend, I was so shocked to see that someone would want to throw someone under the bus, particularly another woman. It was really bad. And I think back then, even though it wasn't that long ago, there wasn't so much women movement power. So it was a bit different then as well. It made me sad because it should have been about her guiding me instead she told me that i flirted with every chef that i interviewed for work which was totally not true Mm -hmm. when you have a personality where you genuinely are interested in other people i don't think you should change who you are you can always button up be professional but we always were Mm -hmm. but that that was hurtful you know the other day we went through a podcast where i talked about top chef and how destructive the environment is and how gross you know certain people are in their treatment of others and that stuff will come back to eat you and i i will hope the best for everybody but i still live by the law of treating others the way that i want to be treated even though you know i'm not perfect like we we did our best i will say that but obviously it was still not good enough at certain times in our lives. And I think while being in New York together, we dated loads of men. We had a blast. It was very interesting. It was a pretty, it was, I learned a lot about myself then. And I think for sure, like in business, like we have to, it's, it's a struggle with being a woman, particularly a black woman, you know? I think what helps me is having an accent. Maybe if I was an African American woman, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, the same experience but I think they hear oh English and they see me a slightly different way but I'm still a black woman you know yeah. but I would say like even this a couple of days ago actually I'm looking at office spaces in LA right now because yeah. my team's expanding good and, for you thank you and um my boyfriend and he's a litigator like he came along with me and it's kind of like you need that because they don't take you seriously when yeah. you're a woman or they'll take advantage of you like daughters yeah. and i didn't even suggest it because i didn't even think he's like no i'm coming and then the guy just obviously treated me so much different <laughs> with a man there and a man who's a lawyer it's crazy you know? it's, it's just scary him. that we have to think of stuff like that like men don't have to think about things like that we do yeah. I know. I'm curious to ask you this. Um, when we met, I didn't really even think that we were this different. Because, you know, my sister lives in London and we had so much in common, like immediately. Yeah. Especially like our mutual love for Molly and our other group of girlfriends there. It was just easy. I never, ever thought about how different we were. Yeah. And when the Black Lives Matter movement happened, I was like, well, I better reach out to my black friends and make sure that they know I love them and I want to support them. So you'll remember Janelle. That meant so much to me, by the way. I couldn't have imagined doing it any other way. You'll remember Janelle and Barry on a very important episode on Black Lives Matter because we talked about her daughter and the way she would be raised. We talked about Barry's daughter and the way she would be raised. And his Whether, experience as a black man. Yes. As a black man in New York, mm-hmm. married to a white woman in New Jersey, and we love Stephanie, Barry's wife. We think that um, it would be easy for them, but it's not. It's not. It's absolutely the best episode to listen to if you're not familiar with black culture in America. I highly recommend looking for... Uh, the Barry and Janelle episode. It was so important and special for me because my own mom and I talk about how different she's a Japanese Japanese in America. And I'm a Japanese American in America. And my experience here is so different than hers. Oh, I'm sure. So between you and Lily, have you seen those separate nuances 
as black women in America and how you were raised in London and how Lily is being raised in LA, New York. Yeah, I mean, you know, Madhua lives in, we live in Beverly Hills and she goes to a school that's primarily Persian, white and um, Jewish. So maybe a handful of black kids. I mean, she's just started high school, so she's a very strong personality. And I think that it's the self-esteem and the confidence that you put in your child early is going to help her deal with anything. But we, luckily, Touchwood right now, obviously, she hasn't really um, been bullied or, or um, dealt with any racism or anything like that yet. I mean, it could be coming. It happens to all of us. You know, we're all discriminated um, at some yeah. point in our life, whether it's yeah. sex, you know, whatever. Um so yeah, like she she's a very strong character, but I think you just have to like embed that in them very early. But she has a unique perspective because we have racism in London for sure, but it's just a different kind of racism. It's not so overt as it is in America. But she's been raised by a you know African American father, born in New York, and then obviously an English mother. Uh, and she also travels to Europe every year with me, so she gets to see maybe a different perspective than maybe some other African American girls living in the states. So. I don't know, like, she, she just gets, she can um, experience firsthand two different experiences, if that makes sense, like yeah. the European experience versus the American. But, I mean, again, I think it's just the self-esteem and the confidence that we've tried to instill in her. And we still will have to, because this is a tender age at 14, you know? And I'm sure she's going through a lot of stuff outside of race, just being a girl and having emotions and school and pressures. So all we can do is really just support her as best as we can but I know it's it's not, it's hard for everybody that love a kid it's like America is not an easy place to live no matter what race you are it's a tough it's a tough place you know to make it and to work hard and to be authentically especially by social media and all those pressures now to like stunt and flex <laughs> we often say that we can't believe that kids have to grow up with oh, social so media I didn't have to grow up with that me too I feel and pray so deeply for all of our youth I like, and I also take my hat off to them they are so much braver than we are there's no way that we could have gotten through that time yeah you guys are very brave yeah and we are nothing compared to you guys. I mean, we complain about having to do like 30 extra jobs basically. So, but that leads me to my next question, which is when you and Lily were together, I remember we were all together for Hurricane Sandy and we were all stranded um, in Molly's apartment. I noticed that we still found joy in the little things. So Lily and I cooked together and we were all talking like girlfriends still do, making dinner. Everything was fine up town. You know, we just knew that we didn't have a home to go back to for a while, which is a little bit scary. But I think that I want you guys to all know that when you have real friends, that they're going to be there for you. And you should think about, like, who's there for you in the worst of times, not really yeah. in the best of times. Because a lot of people in that core group has gone. And, like, I feel like some of us have, like, stuck it out. And it's sad. Obviously, people evolve. People move on. People move. But I feel like I've always been really... It's important to me, like, when I let someone into my life and they're in my circle, like, I really foster those relationships and I try to maintain them. Yeah. But I think sometimes it's disappointing when people, you know, disappear and they don't want to do the same. Because for me, to let you into my life, like, that's a big deal, you know? And I want to really take care and nurture those relationships. Yeah, it's hard because we have expectations, and when they're not met, because this has happened with many people in my life, um, I get really disappointed, yeah. and get upset, yeah. and, you know, I talk to my partner about, like, 
this person like really bummed me out or let me down. And, and I think that I have to learn how to shift my mindset so that we can say like, maybe they're going through something yeah. and maybe we don't know about it. And even though I thought we were all ride or die too, but when we moved, I mean, I, my heart ached for New York for so long yeah. and I thought, cause you, you and I were so different about our move. Yeah. Like, I was ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Janelle's like, I'm fucking out in New York. And for me, it was like, okay, LA is going home because my parents are in San Diego and I went to school, Long Beach State, culinary school in Pasadena. And this was like an old place where my ex-boyfriend and I used to live many years ago. And I used to like surf my brains out and, and, you know, go to crazy parties. And like returning here was different. And it was a reflection of like, you know, full circle, right? I did my time in New York. I wrote six freaking books. Which is amazing. We couldn't have done any more than we did in yeah. those 10 years. Yeah. And looking back, I don't, I don't regret a oh, thing. Oh, no, not yeah. at all. And we don't want you guys to regret a thing, but we do both agree that every woman who wants to be a publicist, an actor, a writer, a shooter, director, media, they should live in New York. A hundred percent. Well, definitely PR, like, um, the epicenter of all things. I mean, obviously now with the after the pandemic, people are working virtually and remotely. And but New York, it really is. I know it's like so cheesy, but it is if you can make it there, you can make yeah. it anywhere. It really True. is like the speed, like the competitiveness of it. Like you, you find out if you have what it takes in whatever you want yeah. to do. If you live in New York, hell yeah! And I'm glad I had that because it gives me like an extra confidence in LA. I'm like, I did New York. I've got this. Hell yeah! This, you know, because it's such easy. A tough place. Yeah. Okay, here's where it's not easy. Influencer. lots of people that are about image it is so different here than it is in new york in new york it was about your resume your collegiate status actually had to work how you look (laughs) you need to you can look beautiful all you like if you can't deliver on the work that's the deal yeah getting jobs or clients and i mean i felt like we had our support system there and it was so tight like we would go out after every event and go drinking until late nights and eating pizza at 3 a.m. and like, you know, stumbling home together. And I don't even know how we did it. We all in that New York pace, you know? It was so different to West Coast. Fucking fabulous. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have done it any other way. And we closed down, you know, the rooftops and he became David Rebin. <laughs> he owned like every club. We had multiple parties at Parlor. Mm-hmm. Um, it was crazy. But tell me about what you think we should focus on when we get stuck and we don't know where to turn next, especially for Black women and marginalized women? Uh, such a big question. I mean, I think you just need to stay connected to who you really are. I mean, that's the most thing. For me, like, I actually deal really, with really bad migraines when I get super stressed. And for me, the meditation and prayer is, like, non-negotiable. Like, I have to take... And I'm not the best meditator. Like, even five to seven minutes is what I handle in the morning. But that alone is, like, a game changer. So just centering and being yeah. true to who you, who you are. Yes. And again, like we touched on earlier, with, like, social media and just expectations of people and even expectations of you on yourself... Like, you really have to get centered about who you are and, like, you know, stay in reality. Because it's so easy to want to escape from pain and different things that you're going through. But you have to just walk through it. And for me, like, meditation and just being quiet. I know it's so cheesy and I sound like so early right now. No, no, no. It is so important to do that. 
You and I have done everything together. We did Tracy Anderson together. I do love Tracy Anderson. I go every day. You have been doing the Clean Green Drinks. I've been doing that for years. Since the book came out. got my Vitamix. It blitzes it. I believe in the power of prayer, meditation, health, wellness, working out and eating right. Mm -hmm. And treating your body with respect and love. And knowing when we were on that cruise ship together, it took us out of our element. And I remembered you would meditate and make, make time to do it. You would tell me, I need a little bit, like, I'm going to do my meditation. And I would always prioritize sleep, yeah. even though we were, you know, late nights at Silhouette. <laughs> the uh, the restaurant there was named Silhouette. <laughs> um, and there was a man in a do-rag that kept following Janelle around on the yeah. boat. <laughs> and he was I had like, an admirer. This was the message he left on And you phone. can't escape because you're on a boat. <laughs> and I was, like, terrified that he was going to, like, throw me on the board. This, this is the message he left. He it's a true story. I'm thinking about you. <laughs> I'm thinking about those lips. I want to kiss them so bad, girl. I'm thinking about you. Give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It was really creepy. I'm in room 703. You're going to see me in the gym in the do rag, girl. <laughs> it was so creepy. I pulled her into my room and she listened to this, this voice and I was like, I am freaked out. This <laughs> and she wanted me to protect her. And I was like, well, what the hell happened? She's like, well, listen to this voice. They always left me in my room. And it was exactly, come on, it was like that, was right? exactly about I'm that. It was very freaky. Lips, girl. I'm going to kiss you. <laughs> virtually just met her in the gym and was following her around. But we, we've we had to protect each other from many men. He was going to below eight. Tears. Tears. Major tears. Broken hearts. I mean, and that, and that was for all of us, too. It was yeah. like, I'm trying to wrap my brain over the amazing time that we had together. When I left New York, Janelle, Alyssa, Molly, they gave a speech and I wrote that sign our bitches on my cake. And we had Belvedere bottles of the wazoo. <laughs> Love, Barry. We miss you. Um, we had a great time. And I left when I was still hot. Yeah. And I think there's a key in strategy. Like, you can't leave when you're at your highest, highest. I think you leave people wanting more all the time. And leave when you're still hot. And then maybe your peak is coming. And that's where I, I pray to God that our time is coming and that we will see the ultimate success. Janelle currently represents Bob Mackey. She went after that client on her own and she made it happen. And how long has Bob Mackey been client He was one of my first ever clients. So like 12 years and he's doing amazing things. We have like so many cool projects that I can't even talk about. It's coming out for him. Um, this year, and then I work with like a ton of other food brands, like Mason Dixie Biscuits. Obviously, I work with Partake. Um, actually, there's a new company called A Better Bagel. Oh, what's called The Better Brand? They have like a low carb bagel, which is incredible. Ooh, uh... It's in every single Whole Foods right now. You need to try it; it's amazing. And she's just doing great things. This company, I do like beauty, so I do fashion fair cosmetics and Black Opal, which is you know iconic brands in the African American skincare. Um, community. Yes. So yeah, we're doing some really, really fun things. I'm really grateful. And again, like I have never pitched everything has come through word of mouth and referral. And I feel like I attract good people and good opportunities because I'm trying to be a good person, you know? So yeah, good I still love what I do. 
that's well, the most important thing to love your job. At least you're passionate about what you're doing and you love what you do. It'll be like my nightmare. Like to like be doing a job that I just hate forever. I mean, we spend so much time working. Yeah. If you think about it, like at least have some passion there. The majority of our time is spent Yeah. And I'm like so blessed that like I get to do a job that I love every single day. It's not easy. It's really hard. I mean, I literally am coming out of a migraine. I had one for like three days this week because I'm so stressed. But like I get texts from clients. I'm like, oh, that makes me so happy, you know? So... I see partake at Trader Joe's all the time, and I think of you. Everywhere now, blowing up. Where can people find you, Janelle? So, my name, as you can see on the spelling of the episode, uh, Janelle Hamilton. Most of my handles are there. Any of my websites, JanelleHamilton.com, so I'm easy to find. And maybe I'll make some cameos on Candice's TikTok, because I'm trying to TikTok these days. Oh, my God. She's the queen of TikTok. No, it's our new job, Janelle. It's virtually our new I mean, job. you've got to do it. I mean, I, I, mean, I just want to say to everyone from a PR perspective, like, you all have a brand. Like, you do. If you have anything out there in terms of social media, that's your brand. And you have to think about, like, how do I want people to perceive me? Yeah. You know, and this woman has done an incredible job building her brand. And she's still building it to, like, higher heights. But, like, you really have to think about what you're putting out there because that's people's perception of you, like... Your social media, everything that you're, the content you're putting out is your resume. Like, mm-hmm. I know when people apply for jobs at me, the first thing I do is look at their Instagram and Google their name. Like, you have to be really careful. I think a lot of people are like super like casual about social media and everything. Like, no, you're, this is your brand. This is you. So mm-hmm. definitely bear that in mind. So I'm trying to expand my brand to TikTok and I'm looking at Candice and she's doing such a great job. She's inspiring really? me. Yeah. The Matcha Wild Lines? Yes. She has funny little videos up there that makes me laugh a lot. Well, you know all about me, so it's easy for us to love one another. But when the world has to see this, you know, 15-second clip of you, it's so interesting, the perception that people have of others. But the- Candice Kumai that she puts out there is the real Candice Kumai, I will tell you that. <laughs> and that's another thing about our brand, is like, be authentic. Like, I have nothing to hide. Like, exactly how I am now is how I am all the time. Yes. I think that's yeah. how you build a brand, to be real. And I think that, obviously, with, you know, social media and people, like, doing digging, like, you can only pretend for so long. Yeah. I mean, look, I won't name the name, but obviously there's celebrities out there uh, leaving a train of cheating on social media this week. You know, a guy was cheating on his wife or a famous person, and it's going to come out, you know, like you just need to be your authentic self. Like you just can't hide. Yeah. And that's where you hire someone in PR because they can help you figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> and be, um, living in that moral integrity that yeah. we always talk about because it's difficult when you put off a different persona and then when people meet you at a party and they're like, this person is not anything. I've had many experiences. I've been to the Met Gala. I've been to yes. all of these places. And sometimes you meet a person and you're like, is that, you're so disappointed when you realize <laughs> that celebrity is not who you thought they would be or they don't, you know, it's like so sad. Remember when we used to go to the James Beard Awards? Oh, Remember that? And Benny Medina saw you. Medina. And he's like, hey girl. Waving out of the <laughs> You me, I'm like, I'm fine, but you don't actually know me, but I'm going to enjoy this moment. You must have looked like someone's dad. I think I do. Yeah. Who? I don't know. I mean, he reps J-Lo, so I think I look like J-Lo. Okay, maybe J-Lo. So, he just got me confused with J-Lo. We'll say that, for yeah. sure. Well, Janelle, it's been fabulous. I'm going to have you on this podcast continuously, so please get familiar with Janelle Hamilton, my dear friend. I love this Over one. a decade. I miss you. I am so proud of you, and you look better than ever, and your vibe is just shining, and I was so happy to see you on my birthday. Thank you for coming. Oh, it was such a fun. It meant the world to me that you and 
they were so kind. You and your sister both came in. Um, I'm going to ask God to bring us everything we've ever wanted. And in turn, we will promise to always help others along the way. And that God is so good and the spirits are so divine and to ask for grace. I'm so proud of her. She's amazing. Like she's still building. I know she's going to cry. Don't cry. She's amazing. Definitely keep shooting into Wabi Sabi. Thanks for finishing the podcast for me. And please give a five-star review on iTunes. And you can also find us on Spotify now. And follow us both on TikTok. Juicy. Here we go. Usually when we work out, Janelle calls me up and says, Here we go. Crank the heat. <laughs> so it's time for those leg lifts and ass squats and all the good juicy things that we do. And that's how we keep it real. Yeah. Thanks for coming on channel. Thank you so much. Chat for now. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. You guys are fucking awesome and you know it. Put your hand on your heart and take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out. Every day will be a struggle. Take it in stride. Some days are a lot lighter than others. So just keep going no matter where you are. I will be giving out a survey soon on my newsletter so that I can better serve you on my next endeavors. While I move my entire business back over to New York City, I want you to know that I am working on some very special projects and I want you to be a part of them. So please sign up for my newsletter now at CandiceKumai.com so you can receive this newsletter. And eventually down the road, we're going to launch some big things and we want to do it with you. Also spirited on Audible Originals drops April 27th. I will reveal to you my greatest addictions, a couple of maybe some hot men I've dated, and also some Buddhist tomes and how they help me get through my fucking insane and crazy life. I love you guys. Have a great week. And don't forget, this too shall pass. And how to build your own brand with Janelle Hamilton. Thank you so much to our guest. Stay tuned for the next ones. And until then, remember all things are perfectly imperfect. Wabi Sabi.